0: Hello and welcome to Videos of Influence, a show where we get pro kiteboarders to choose songs from videos that have influenced their riding and or their videographic style. Our guest tonight is Sam Light, a rider with a stack CV. He's one of the main poster boys for boots riding. He's two times KPL champion. He brought reruns to Airtrix. He's a king of the air podium finisher in 2013. And if you were to list all the most important kite videos of the past decade, the name Sam Light would be all over it. So Sam, I've been spending the past few days watching every video you've ever made. And what I realized is, video to video, there's actually a shitload of variation in how it's put together and what you've done with it and the ideas behind it which is weird because mostly we see riders just churn out the same thing over and over again in different locations and that makes me think you must have a lot of confidence in the videographers you've worked with and you've maybe given them quite a lot of creative freedom is that true and you just focus on the writing and let them do what they do best or you're quite hands-on with the edit too
1: hey hey mate well first of all yeah thanks for having me on um and thanks a lot for the intro it's really nice of you yeah so it really depends on the videographer um yeah i've always loved the challenge of like telling a story and you know producing a video and yeah it really depends like i've always taken interest in it so i try to get involved and some videographers you know don't mind if you get more involved than others but most of the time you know you just trust them if you paid them to do a job then you just trust that you you know, they're gonna produce what you want. It's nice when you have a little bit of input, but it's also like I know from my own perspective, if people are always going, Oh, what about this song or that song? You kind of you've gotta get let them pick the song, definitely. If you've chosen them to edit it, I think you've gotta put their trust in it. I think you can still work together, um and sometimes that's the best combo when you have a little bit of their input. And I think they're, they're the the videos that are often the best because of like passion projects where you know it's almost like an equal amount of effort from you know the filmer wants it just as much as the rider um so yeah it really depends on the situation and the filmer really but yeah try to basically let them do their thing but yeah I, i really enjoy making videos as well so um yeah a mixture
0: and just going back to choosing the song is that something that you usually do before you've started recording or is that purely once you've got all the clips and it's together then you're then you're choosing music to go underneath
1: yeah. Um I guess that's changed slightly now um with the music rights being so tough to get around. Uh definitely in years gone by like when I first started to make videos it was all about the song because you could put your favorite music in um you know and yeah I remember making my first videos when you'd put the song in first you know and then try and put the clips in to match and then now I do it the opposite way I just chuck all the clips in and chuck a song over the top and hope for the best (laughs) but yeah I, I would love to be able to to pick songs more easily but it is quite tricky now um I do sometimes go through the libraries and stuff and and pick a load of tunes and then have it in my head but um but yeah it's not as easy to pick songs for for videos as it used to be
0: yeah I feel that Like That's quite a shame, something that makes me angry on a daily basis. But anyway, moving on, let's have some music. Uh, Your first song is from a video called Boosting, shot in Hawaii. came out in 2001 and it features a lot of people that became big industry leaders like Lou Wayman, Shannon Best, Mauricio Abreu. Um, Why have you picked this song?
1: Yeah, I picked this song because it, I think, was the first kite surfing DVD I ever had. And I felt like I learned most of my um, sort of unhooking initial stuff from it. Um, yeah, and I just remember listening to that song over and over again. It was like that, you know, when you're that age and you're just obsessed with it. And I just used to, yeah, study all the tricks. And, of course, they were, like you say, there so many legends in there, um, all the guys from Maui. And yeah, it was so long ago. So yeah, that that really has a uh, special place in my brain, that (laughs) annoying music.
0: heavy stuff isn't it? Just that classic American rock, you know. Shazam doesn't work for this one either, unfortunately, but that's right, I can probably rip it straight through the yeah. video. That's just how cool this
1: music is, it's not even on Shazam.
0: Yeah, <laughs> underground. <laughs> nice, alright. So, we see you riding straps quite a bit now, but you are known for riding boots. These guys were riding boots all the way back in 2001, so presumably boots must have fizzled out between then and around free ride Project sort of era, where you and Aaron and James Balding and Tom Court really put them back on the map in 2012. In 2020, everyone's saying boots are dying, which I don't really think they are, but people are saying that. So we're seeing maybe that is a reaction towards a shift towards the big air discipline so is this is this a cyclical thing like do the do a boot's going to come and go like like a fashion trend and if so when is when's the comeback going to be and what's that going to take
1: yeah that that's that's a good question and an interesting one definitely it it, the industry does seem to go in in cycles um and i don't think boots are, yeah are dying or, or did die because there still was you know people that still use boots more in the states um, but yeah, we definitely saw a resurgence, and it just yeah I think a few riders started using them at the same time but i think I think the thing I always found weird is like us as riders never thought that boots were going to dominate the industry it's just the best tool for the job when you 're trying to do those kind of tricks um. And I guess, I don't know, some of the, yeah, brands worry too much about, um, you know, the pro riders having to use what all the the general consumer is using. But, you know, I always think of it like looking at F1, you know, or something like that. Like, you're watching a Formula One racing car, but you're not ever thinking about buying one or driving one. But you might buy a Mercedes does that make sense? I don't know. So so my idea was that, yeah, the d- general public can watch us do it in bindings and still aspire to do that, but it's still it's easier to use straps. Um, but yeah, I think that because less riders are using them, um, then I think people get the impression that they're dying. But I don't think they will ever die, no. I think they'll always have a place because it? it is the best tool for the job when you're trying to do those tricks. But yeah, I've been enjoying going back to straps a little bit. Um, and, and, you know... It, I think that is also probably the best tool for the job for big air too you know i think that's why you've seen a lot of riders switch back to it just because using a lighter board with flat flatter rocker does enable you to go higher um because it's just easier to jump so it's a completely different feeling and obviously boots are you know have a lot more risk factor and have way more control and it's, it looks a lot better in my opinion but um yeah i just also like freshening it up and doing different things as well it it keeps keeps it interesting for me i guess that's why you know i do different sorts of videos because i find if i'm always doing the same thing i get a bit burnt out so it's nice to like you know try different things like i'm so shit board off so it's quite nice to actually try and get better at them um but yeah sorry next let's have some more music (laughs)
0: let's have another tune so the next one's from autofocus which I think for um, die-hard Wake style people, like autofocus is probably going to be in their uh, their picks. Uh, but you've chosen for the um, you've chosen the J- the Dre section in particular, which I didn't realise, but it's got 738 thousand views, um, and that's you know that's the YouTube clip, let alone the the DVD. So it's a pretty prestigious video um what is it about dre's riding that um you like so much
1: yeah well i'd say say he's definitely one of the main reasons why i started riding boots you know i just he was probably you know the, the one rider i thought was like the coolest kiteboarder. you know if i had to pick one of them i'd pick dre just because he's got such cool style and i think a lot of it was because he was riding boots and you know he thought that was the best thing for the job and and he yeah he had uh, yeah, but, so that was definitely... And then Autofocus was like the next video after boosting that, you know, I watched loads as well. And it's just such a good video. Um, that section that they have online, is, it's got a different tune on. And also that, that Gangstar work clip is just also one of my all-time favourite songs as well. It's just got such a good sample. A few of those, yeah, I really like those gangster, um hip-hop tracks. So it had lots of good... It's on my, like, triple S all-time playlist that I put on when I want to land my best tricks um, because it's just got such a good beat. I've had so many good sessions. um, Generally, like, if if I'm riding in a park or cable, I listen to more hip-hop, like old-school sort of 90s hip-hop like that. Um, And then if I'm riding in big air, I'll have more, like, drum and bass and sort of music to psych me up. So, yeah, that's just, for me, the ultimate little part clip, and it's also combined with, you know, Dre doing his thing on, on that really cool um, set of features in Venezuela. Are you working? What kind of
2: work do you do?
3: boy, uh. boy, <laughs> right, right, right. what
4: is it you want to do when you grow up? Hey, yo, I'm going to be a tit up. That's how my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying. Waiting for your next mistake I put in work And watch my status escalate Now I'ma start collecting props Connecting plots Networking like a conference Cause the nonsense is yet to stop Jake shake me down Haters wanna take me down Break me down Clap All they heard was a sound Yo I scoped it out I took your weak dream And choked it out Your bitch don't really got no ass She just poked it out On the D-low I'm saying you versus Neo. Yo. We can do this shit right here In front of your people See time is money kid NBS walks And to me It's funny kid When you meet heads talk I see Fett and stork. They wanna dig up the dirt, son Is it me, they hawk? Cause I be putting in work, Gonna son Gonna be on tittle, That's all my eyes can see Victory is mine Yeah, surprisingly I believe Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Your cornballs get Black blackballed. I own y'all. The veteran, running my plan. I'm the better man. Crazy raw, doing my job like the mob, blazing y'all and disappearing in the fog or a mist. And chicks can't resist what I kick. They be begging for attention on some more of the deals. Nick, word up, baby. Someone may have to get hurt, up, baby. Shit is mad shady, but I got to get the gravy. Platinum respect, like the force of a tech. Keep you hitting the deck, feeling heat in your chest. Banging your thoughts with the hot onslaught. I kick a shot on the spot for going where he should not Viciously, I make history instantly. Those other lame ass, loser ass niggas, they can't fuck with me. I'm doing my thing now. To lamp later on. Paid the shit with some fly gators on. But now I'm grimy as they get mud on my pants and shirt. I bet your niggas out here know I be putting it one I'm gonna be on tit-off, That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Quarter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. I always looked up to that crew. They were, yeah, really cool bunch of guys. And also, um, when I, you know, they passed a lot of great knowledge on to me as well. Just having the opportunity to to hang out with Dre in Antigua, film the island time, and also uh, Mauricio signed me for Slingshot. And yeah, Mauricio has got so much knowledge and is, you know, yeah, really good at um, the kite surf industry. So it was great to to learn a lot from them so not only did I like grow up watching the video and uh, idolize them then I actually got to to hang out with them and then also kind of like you know learn a lot from them as well so yeah they they were some cool dudes for sure I think I think it's similar um to sort of why the free road project went well like they were just a couple of dudes like you know having a good time and and uh you know trying to make a cool video and I think if you're all in the same headspace, and you want to do it. Something cool happens, you know. They were just hanging out sure. with the boys, having fun.
0: And that Island Time video is it is epic. Um, you shot that in 2012. Can you talk a bit about that experience? It was Jake, a young Jake Kelsick was involved as well. Were you at all nervous about collaborating with some like someone like Dre that you had had idolised essentially?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I say that, um, you know, he's my favourite kiteboarder, but also I've never really actually been one to, like, idolise people, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, like... I've got a lot of respect for them, but I don't, like, want them to, you know... Like, I don't understand why people want my signature, do you know what I mean? I don't know. So um, I didn't ever get, like, nervous hanging out with them. I just really enjoyed the opportunity of, like, learning from him and also seeing some of the places where they filmed island time so yeah yeah i didn't find i got nervous but i just like relished the opportunity really just um yeah loved every second of it it was really really cool because it was like yeah seeing little snippets of uh of autofocus while we're filming island time you know obviously it was a completely different vibe um but yeah it was it was really cool and, and Antigua's one of my favorite islands as well I, I love Antigua. um definitely one of my favorite destinations for sure so yeah that was that was one of my all time favorite trips. Unfortunately, we didn't get much wind. um I was there for two weeks, and yeah, we kind of got just kind of got skunked, but the video did so well because we didn't have much wind and we had so much time to film all the cool Antigua stuff like hanging out on boats, rafting out, yeah, just having a really good time. so I think that's why the uh the video did well, but yeah, we didn't get that much wind.
0: Cool, let's have another song. It's from The Butter Effect. Came out in 2005. It's the Sean Watson segments behind the boat uh, wakeboarding. Why have you picked this one?
1: Um, this one, I just, yeah, really like the tune. And it was the first video that I was able to illegally download. And <laughs> like the previous two, um, it was another one that I watched a lot and learned a lot from it. Um, it was when I kind of sort of not discovered weightboarding but took more interest in it. Um, and yeah, it sort of influenced my riding a bit more. But yeah, I just watched that video a lot. Um, and yeah, it's good, good wakeboard tune, and I illegally downloaded it and watched it loads. <laughs>
0: What's the Napoleon Dynamite connection? Because he's kind of assumed a character of sorts there at the start. Is it Napoleon Dynamite he's based on? I think it came out around that time. I think it must be. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure
1: why he's dressed up like that, no. I have no idea, but there's some cool tricks and some cool music in that video. Yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) and he he almost runs over a bird too, which is amusing. You'd probably get shouted out for that. You probably <laughs> for that then but cool. that
1: was when like making a feature length movie was the dream you know to like growing up skateboarding and stuff and making movies as a kid you always wanted to make the feature length so these were that one was like a cool wakeboarding feature length um that back in the day i loved
0: is a feature length video a uh, an ambition of yours now even though it's sort of from a time gone by, is that something you'd still like to do? Or are you totally focused on um, um, shorter content and Instagram clips and kind of making stuff for our era?
1: Yeah, I think there is a part of me that would like to, but I think the problem is it just doesn't make sense now. It's just, you know, here, tomorrow, gone, the next day too quickly. So to pour all that energy into something that, you know, people are just content go so quickly now so I think also yeah it's just not not appropriate as it used to be um, because of social media and stuff now so yeah I'm I'm not that fussed the times have changed so um, yeah basically. yeah it looks like I- you're having
0: fun in these times as well with your YouTube channel and uh, building building boats recently by the looks of it
1: yeah yeah to be honest, I put off um, the YouTube thing for too long. To be honest, I just you know you just feel like such a plonker vlogging the first few times you do it. You just look at yourself and think, what are you doing? And everyone takes a Mick out of you, and it's really tough to get started. But it was kind of a catch twenty two because I loved making movies, and it's it's really quite hard to tell a story without kind of at least starting like that. So, and then now I've got the ball rolling, it's really, I'm really enjoying having it to focus on. Um, and also, like, the getting more subscribers is kind of, like, exponential, so it kind of really motivates you when you, like, make a video and and it gets used. And also, I find the algorithm on YouTube way nicer to work with. I find just Instagram and Facebook now is, is not very enjoyable, because it's, like to get loads of likes you have to post such a just you know cheesy generic picture but that's how you get the most likes so it's like okay I want to post something that I want to post that is cooler but it's not going to get any likes so what are you trying to achieve from the whole thing but with YouTube I find you can be way more just yourself and actually quite often the weirder you are the more likes it gets if that makes sense um so i've actually yeah found the refreshing sorry the the platform as a whole like really refreshing um yeah making videos rather than instagram
0: that's cool um so when in the early days when everyone was taking the piss how did you kind of overcome that did you just put up the the did you, did you flick something in your mind that was i like, actually no i'm not i'm not gonna give a shit about what anyone, what anyone else thinks or says i'm just gonna do this was there, yeah, was there a I trick, think. to
1: it I think deep down I know that in you know when I've got tens of thousands of subscribers that like I'll be the one laughing and they'll be the one struggling you know to get sponsorship or whatever because um, I just understand the value of it as well it's, it's so valuable for for sponsors um, to get those kind of consistent views and build that fan base and also I feel like it's a way more genuine fan base than Instagram that everyone like you know buys likes and stuff so actually I think it's going to become more and more of a thing and I think everyone a lot of people that don't want to do it are going to have to do it but you just got to find your own way to do it and put your own twist on it you know and do whatever you think is uh, is cool or, com- or what you're comfortable with but the thing is it's a lot harder than you think to do it I think people yeah, don't realise how hard it is um, mm. so but yeah no it's fun
0: fair. Next video is Intro to Nash House, which was came it came out in 2011. Uh, at the start of the video, Kyle Lenny is being sort of... He's crowd surfing. Kevin does a Massive Blind Judge 3, and it's a pretty star-studded video. Everyone kind of very young-faced. You feature in it. You're right at the end with a uh, big front blind over I think. Um, why is this video important to you?
1: Yeah, this is just uh this was a real pivotal moment in my client career doing the the Nash House and that movie was awesome I had actually like a decent budget um I've got a good story behind it basically um yeah I was just probably I don't know 16 17 no I reckon I was 17 I was doing my A levels at college and sort of heard about the Nash House last minute um, and I wasn't invited the, the, in the first sort of talkings about it and they had invited like ten riders from Europe um, out to make this movie and, and do like a training camp. And uh, I kind of got wind of it and then, you know, managed to save up enough money to fly out there and then sort of worked my ass off for the week and then, you know, sort of asked how I could you know further myself and keep coming back and uh you know they will are sort of if you came back for the photo shoot then and you work really hard then you'll you'll probably get reimbursed you know um so I did that and sure enough like that kind of kicked off my international sort of break because as soon as you kind of get involved in the shoots and you start being used in the catalogs and the distributors learn about you um so, and that whole experience going to Maui and because, you know, Robbie had his truck and it was all like hanging out with him. It was a really, really cool shoot. And that song itself, the, that Supergirl song, they they a load of money. They actually had a decent budget for that DVD, um, the Nash House. Like we had this insane, huge house on the beach in Maui. It, was, it must have been a serious budget, that DVD. Um, and then we did a Nash House too as well. So yeah, really fond memories of hanging out in, in Maui with the Nash crew um, yeah, and you know Damien and Kevin, it was fun, fun times.
2: We are young, we run the green, we got tea, nice and clean. See our friends, see the skies,
1: feel right. we wake up. We... You were like this, he uh, so there was like ten Ten riders and um, I would ride in Robbie's truck like, with the filmer and then we'd all like be in minibuses
0: behind, you know. <laughs> what? So he was like the chosen one from the yeah, very beginning?
1: Yeah, for sure. He was. He was the chosen one.
0: So that was your big break. If you were 16, 17, finishing off your A-levels now, would you do a similar thing? What would you advise to the, to the young up-and-comers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it wasn't, you know, everyone thinks it's overnight. It, it was far from that. It was just I got one free trip, you know, and then that kind of just opened the door um, to other trips. But basically between then, like, I think... I finished my A levels and sort of had a gap year and now I'm on my 18th gap year. <laughs> Basically, I was like I'm just going to do a couple of years, see where it goes, you know, figure out what I want to do and it just you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do at uni. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was kind of like uh, after that trip, yeah, I spent a winter in in Australia teaching. So I guess I'd say to people, yeah, you just got to keep keep working for it and uh yeah just look out for those opportunities sometimes you do have to invest you know in yourself and and save up money doing other things to to get that opportunity but there is a saying that it's what um what's the saying it's 10 percent luck and 90 percent of what you make of it or something i can't remember the other saying
0: let's forget that it's probably probably about right
1: yeah yeah so you, you know you might get a tiny little bit of luck um but then you've got to make the most of the opportunity and, and getting sponsored i think is a lot like that
0: yeah i'm hoping tonight is the night that i become an overnight success
1: well you know all all i would say mate is just stick at it like just keep doing your thing do it the best you possibly can and it, it will just keep growing and get better like it will you just got to stick at it i think a lot of people give up too quickly yeah you know?
0: thing is I am a quitter though so that that's worrying to hear
1: (laughs) you're not you're not you've been you've been doing this for a while so you just and and I think this is a great great idea so you just got to keep smashing these out with every rider
0: boom yeah and uh yeah on that note let's have another song the next one is a snowboarding video it's Dylan Thompson's section in the arena came out in 2010 um what is it about this video that you liked
1: yeah, so uh, Dylan Thompson is a snowboarder slash kiter. Um, he won the Triple S. He's an American guy from Oregon. Um, and he's, yeah, a pro snowboarder, snowboarder won that um, X Games Real Snow Challenge. And he's badass, like one of the the sickest street snowboarders. And it was just cool that he was a kiteboarder um, and had really cool style and also that song's just such a tune um, and that whole video's got so many good tunes um, yeah it's got Snoop Dogg Pump Pump it's got loads of really good really good tunes so one of my favourite Snowboard movies um, yeah and also he's a sick kiteboarder so there's something
3: happening here
0: Right, we could listen to that all day, but, but we shouldn't because you know, <laughs> stuff stuff to record. So your last video that you've chosen is um shot in the Philippines by your mate Patriqualand. Um it's the Dilla Miller section in particular. When I watched his section, I thought, ah, okay that is exactly how Sam Light passes the bar too. And I was trying to think, I was trying to work out a clever way of describing how you do it and how, what encapsulates your style. And I couldn't come up with anything other than sort of looks like you're falling onto the bar when you're passing it. (laughs) And that just makes it look so, so infuriatingly easy. Um, So was Dylan Miller a big influence on your riding?
1: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he was a big influence But uh, yeah, I like his I like his riding And I, I just always felt something Yeah, like tricks should feel, yeah, easy and Not feel too forced I like it when they look, um, yeah, effortless really And I think Dylan's style does He's got a couple of tricks that are in this uh, section That are really like ahead of their time um, And also, yeah, Patrick Whelan filmed this video Yeah, who um, worked for Slingshot for a long time made a lot of videos with him. He is one, going back to that original question of telling the videographer, that when you tell Patrick uh, about a movie, he goes, listen, mate, I'm not going to tell you how to kiteboard, so don't tell me how to make a video. (laughs) You're like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Like, occasionally, because you'll be like, oh, mate, do you think you might maybe stand over there? It's like, no, no, it's it's how Patrick wants to do it. But also, that's cool, because Patrick, you know, makes... His own video is really cool. So, And then it was also filmed in the Philippines, which um, yeah, has got a fond place in my heart because I spent quite a bit of time there. Um, Mauricio a brew going back to um, autofocus and Slingshot, he put on this event there um, called The Wind or No Wind, and it was basically the no wind or no wind. But it was really cool because it got all a bunch of like-minded people together before there was a park thing. Like, this was, like, the foundations of, yeah, the Kite Park League, really, because he got the old guards, like, Dre, and everyone was there, and him, you know, and then the new guard, it was, like, us, and then also a load of wakeboarders and Patrick there, and then that was when Patrick started working with Slingshot... Um, I actually wasn't riding Slingshot then either, So, but just spent a load of time there. Um, and that, that trip was really cool. That video reminded me of that time. So, yeah, it was it was a fun time. But, yeah, it was cool because Mauricio had this event and it was, yeah, basically just a cable event with a load of kaisers. <laughs> but it definitely kicked off and it improved our riding so much. And I think all of us, you know, I think cable was... I think for me, when I couldn't kite, it was somewhere where I could go and ride, and I just got more and more into it, and then uh felt like it had really helped my kiting. Um, and it's just I've got cables down the road from me, so it's easier to go cable sometimes at home than it is kite. Um, but, yeah, cool. Yeah. Sick video, sick park, sick place. <laughs>
2: Boy, I'm a go-getter. Sorry that I left you in the cold, no sweater. I don't fall for the hoes and the pressure. Too much overload for your senses. Go ahead, take your pose in your senses. i be on a roll, rock and roll, getting senseless. When y'all gon' come to your senses. Recognize real in the field, in the trenches. Eh, guess they don't know better. here for a minute, but the music's forever. Never go against the grain and the texture. Show love and expect no lesser. Yeah, yeah.
0: Damn it! I thought I'd crack you open there. I thought I'd gone straight to the source, found exactly your style influence, and had you know split you open. But um, obviously not. Maybe maybe he ripped off your style. Maybe he's he's keen on the kite kind of videos.
1: <laughs> to be honest, I've never like tried to to have a style. To be honest, I don't think you do. I think it just your style just comes naturally to how you end up doing stuff. You know. Um... I think you're either you have it or you don't.
0: <laughs> mm, fair.
1: Yeah, I think, but but you know what? I think you get style from getting good, because if you practice all the basics and you can do all the basics really well, like Dylan Miller, for example does the basics so well that his style looks effortless that's quite often the case is if you really finely tune the basics then you, your style improves you normally have bad style because you're not executing something properly that's kind of styling sort of in in my eyes in some ways
0: so that video came out in february of 2013 and then you and patrick went on to make the gorge later that year can you talk a bit about that video because i feel like that is a significant video in your uh, in your catalog what was it like um that time of year how long were you shooting for that sort of stuff
1: yeah i think uh i think to be honest the the first one i think we did was distinction um we, we made a couple but because the first one was the the one the first one me patrick and Fox did where we went down to Florida, drove all the way down to the Keys with a kicker and really went for it. Um, and then The Gorge was, I think, the following summer that we were in Hood River. Um, yeah, and I guess that was one of those great combinations of Patrick was really motivated to to prove himself in the kite industry and just, you know, he, he was really motivated to, to film. And... He was, yeah, kind of uh, enjoying t- doing a different industry as well. So he just signed for Slingshot. I just signed for Slingshot. Um, so that was when, yeah, kind of we got on well and we made some some cool videos. It was another time where we we were just having a good time. It was like we were discovering Portland, you know, and, and um, Hood River and Slingshot sort of, you know, together. So it was quite cool. Um, but yeah, and then we did The Gorge And then we did The Gorge 2 And um, Yeah, the couple in Brazil So yeah, lots of good times um, yeah, but, but Patrick, note doesn't work for Slingshot anymore Just gone full-time um, Trading and YouTuber And also works with a big drone company called, called Drone Nerds So just didn't have the time for Slingshot anymore
0: Cool So that's your six tracks Um, I never quite know how to round these sorts of things off other than to ask what your plans are, but everyone's plans are completely screwed at the moment. So I guess in the next few years, have you got anything that's really itching you? Have you got anything that that you're really desperate to do and pull off?
1: Yeah, so I've actually really enjoyed this time off to reflect... um, on everything, really, on kiteboarding. And I've kind of been caught up in this whirlwind of travelling the same schedule for at least 10 years or so, Um, which involved being away for most of the summer, a lot of comps. And it's been quite refreshing, yeah, to have more time to do stuff like the kite boat, you know. Um, Because you end up, like, for example, to do the Triple S, it's not just like, you know, three weeks in June. You've got to be riding cable twice a week in kiting and you know kind of if you want to take it seriously you kind of ride a lot and it does take up a lot of time so I think for me like that going back to that same thing of freshening up and doing different things it's kind of why I've you know been riding a bit more straps lately but then I I actually had a really good binding session with Aaron and Tom yesterday which we filmed which was cool but um it just so happens that there's been loads of strong wind at home and yeah it's been nice trying different things but as far as plans going forwards um i definitely want to do some crazy missions like that's what i've realized i quite enjoy is like uh yeah like the the circumnavigations around islands or like i think kiting has so much potential um to do all sorts with it but you do kind of get stuck in a, a bit of a bubble sometimes. So I think, you know, it's been good for the industry and I think it'll be interesting to see how it comes back because things are definitely going to be different, you know. Um, and it's, it's going to be a different, different scene for riders too as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it comes back. But, yeah, it's been nice to have a bit more time at home. I, I want to do some expeditions and still travel, Um but yeah, that's, that's it really I'm excited to be able to travel again It'd be nice to go to Hood River And go catch up with Slingshot um, Yeah, just keep making YouTube videos That's the plan Onwards
0: and upwards Retire yeah, on
1: YouTube, you know Hit that 100 million subscribers <laughs> And, just and o-
0: only then will you be done
1: Once like you're 100 Kate, million, 100 <laughs> million Kate, like Cassie and I, John, Just put out one video And you get 5 million views just You hanging out
0: very good uh there appears to be a car alarm that keeps going off your end so uh maybe, maybe that's a sign that we should wrap things up sam light thanks very much for coming on and doing this i've really enjoyed looking back through all your videos and watching all the all the ones that you've chosen so thanks for coming on
1: yeah no worries mate yeah thanks for having having me yeah sorry about the alarm i don't know what's going on i live right in the city and it's right outside my apartment so (laughs) sorry about that but um, no it's been good chatting to you and yeah thanks for having me and keep up the good work look forward to listening to the next one